because really he thought he could do it better than the village people. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Y-M-C-A. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one where we review the indie horror, The Witch. Horror. <laughs> horror. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we also are going to talk Oscars here on Pulp Fiction tonight. We're going to have an Oscar wrap-up. We're going to talk about this indie horror movie that's uh, really gaining a lot of buzz, both from uh, critics uh, critics and audiences. Uh, but here we are. I am Brandon Rabar. As always, Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. Bah, 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 bah. Like Philip Stiff, you are wicked. <laughs> Does he really speak to me? This wilderness will not consume us. Who's there? You've cursed this family. This is witchcraft. She placed a curse on me. Why have you turned against me? I saw it. Your reign of evil. It's not safe. Not with them. Think all my sins. The description of the witch goes like this: A family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. This is a movie that's uh, got 83 on Metascore. I think it's around 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this has gotten a lot of buzz. Before it was ever released, people were talking about it because of the uh, the festival circuit. The, uh, Sun, the Sundance Festival? Yeah, I think it killed the Sundance. Well, I know that, he, I know that the, the director, um, Robert Eggers, won Best Director at the Sundance F- Festival. Which is a big deal for a horror movie. And uh, well, let, let's just jump into our initial, you know, reactions from this movie. I want to save Jacob for last because I have no idea what he thought of it, and he's not a horror movie fan. So I'm curious, but I want to hear yours last. Yeah, uh, I think really important for this one. We always say it, but I think uh, you know we always talk spoilers. We don't really wait to the end to do that. So if you think about seeing this movie, there's some major spoilers going on throughout this. So if you don't want to know stuff, shut it off. Go watch the movie. Come back and listen to us. Good call. There's your warning. Yeah, because this movie, to talk about it, you had to spoil it. But, yeah, if you're spoiled. I don't want to beat her on the bush. I want to get right to the point. Yeah. All right, Rachel, what were your overall impressions of The Witch? So I was looking forward to The Witch for quite a while just because of the buzz that came along with it and everybody saying that it was terrifying and all these kind of things. So I was pretty psyched about it, and it is a well-made movie. It's well-acted. It's pretty. Um, and But I wouldn't necessarily call it a horror movie. To me, it, was, it didn't have a lot. And maybe that's because when I think of horror movies, I think of a lot of jump scares and stuff like that. It's not really that kind of horror movie. It's more of a suspenseful movie. Yes. Um, with some... I mean, it is a horror movie, but it's not what you would typically think of as a horror movie. Uh, So that was a little bit different than what I expected. Not that I had a problem with that, but 
uh, as I was sitting there, I thought, wow, I'm surprised people haven't walked out of this theater. And I thought, like, um, like this is not going to go over well with audiences. And why? Because it's kind of slow moving. Uh, there isn't a lot of jump scares. Uh, stuff like that. I personally, I liked it. I felt that it was unnerving and I left feeling kind of icky. There's also but a lot of dialogue. There was a it. lot of dialogue in it as and well. a lot of long shots. Yeah, I don't think at all. I can absolutely 100% see why critics like this movie. I don't think it's going to be one that general audiences are going to love. No, absolutely um, not. I think that you know because of the, the trailers and the buzz, people have gone and seen it. I don't even know what the IMDb score is, but I'm I guessing... I was trying to find it, but when you search for well, the witch... Well, the fans gave it a 7.4. 7, 7, 7. Metacritic gave it 8.8. 8. Yeah, so... 7. But Flickster, uh, Flickster viewers are at 53%, so that's still bad for them. For, for them, because it's not one... Because there is a lot of dialogue, it's a little bit slow moving, and there's not a lot of jump scares. It's not your traditional... It's not your formulaic horror movie. Right, right exactly. Fast edits, like the... The close-up camera where they pan over and all of a sudden, bam, right. there's someone yes, there. Exactly. Uh, it's, you know, it's, whereas it's really the camera stays in one spot far away and they'll talk for, golly, yeah. you know, yeah. a minute or two without cutting an edit. And that's a long time. Yeah, yeah it is. I, really, it, it's really kind of a method that they used back in the 70s right. and 80s, in my opinion. It's, it's definitely a throwback 70s. horror flick, for yeah. sure. It's definitely a throwback. I like the movie. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, it wasn't probably as quote-unquote scary as typical you know as all the hype led me to believe that it might i was like whoa this might be like another ring or uh you know yeah. Blair Witch project yeah. paranormal activity that like really terrifies you it wasn't that but i will say that like it it messed with me it's disturbing it it definitely messed with me like i was disturbed i think you said it after we saw it, you said unnerving mm-hmm. i was like yeah that is the perfect description how i feel like it about halfway through the movie, I, you just start feeling unnerved, unsettled. You're not going to jump a lot or anything like that. But when the the freaky things happen, they're definitely freaky. But it's more just this overall, the aura of what's going on. And, I mean, the witchcraft delves into kind of demonic. Oh, it's satanic. Yeah, it's definitely, it, basically it is. Yeah. yeah. And, I, mean, and I mean, you can say that probably about a good percentage of horror movies. But there are some underlying elements in this that are just straight up satanic. They are. Yeah. They are. And that's yeah. what really – I wasn't expecting that. And maybe we should have with, with it being called The Witch and knowing that it's a, a realistic type of movie. Maybe. I didn't I didn't think it was going to go that far into it too. I was expecting a horror movie type of witchcraft. Was it more so because sense. they're making deals with the devil? You yeah. Know? And I think because you almost got like an up-close personal like – because everything was more methodical and slow, uh, there at the end, like especially those last ten to fifteen minutes, uh, everything that goes down, it feels too real. And then, like when she basically has a conversation with the devil or a demon or whatever it was, yeah, that conversation with hear, the goat is, and, and she's talking into Ooh. the screen, and you hear, and you don't think you're going to hear anything back, and there's like a moment, there's like this pause, and then all of a sudden you hear this whispery. Honestly, it's kind of Sinister like that voice. that elvish type language from Lord of the Rings, where yes. the kind of the L's roll off the tongue, and it's deliciously, yeah. And it was like, yeah. I mean, it was creep. It, it was, was creepy. creepy. It, it, and at the same it, time, like 
shuddering and yeah, yeah. shuddering. Yeah. It bothered me. Like it yeah. affected me more than a movie has in yeah, quite a while. I agree. Like in that sort of way. So it was effective and it was a really well done horror movie. Uh it was just ah and then, you know, the scene following that where she you know, your protagonist basically decides to, you know, sign her life away and become a witch, become you know, give over to the demon or Satan or whatever it was. Uh, that was just all unsettling. And then the very last scene, you know, where she goes to the coven of witches, uh, it was it was really really unsettling. Now, Jacob, we've kind of given our thoughts, but I do. I had no idea what you were thinking, and I always kind of want to give it to you last on a horror movie because <laughs> I don't know what to expect. So, what were your thoughts? Um, I was miserable in the movie. Where are you? Well, like, look, let's just get to the brass tacks of it. If you don't know this, like, I just don't like horror movies. It's not my thing. Um, I was restless. I, I, I took a buddy of mine who he sees a lot of horror movies. He actually has a very, uh, pretty, um, educated religious background. Okay. He was church of Christ. He went to a Christian university. So there were a, and there were a lot of biblical, uh, theories or knowledge throughout this movie. So he actually caught things that I've yet to hear a critic catch. Um, which I'll get to that in a minute. That's interesting. Um, so for me, just kind of watching the movie, like I think a lot of it's just because I I don't like the feeling. I don't enjoy the storylines. Doesn't matter what the horror flick is, I'm just going to be restless. It's really only after I see movies, horror movies, is when I then I sit on it. You know, I'm safe again. You know, <laughs> but I, but I sit on it. I reflect on. Um, and this is certainly one to reflect on. Yeah. Some of them, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt, watched it, fine, nothing else to take away from it. This is one that you sit on, and all right, so if we talk technical aspects, I thought it was done really, really well. Yeah, for sure. There were some great, I mean, if you want to call them tracking shots, even if the camera was holding still. Right. Um, But the cinematography was excellent. From what I understand, um, the director, uh, Eggers, has worked in production, and he's worked in costume design, and he's worked... Um, all kinds of technical elements uh, for most of his career. And this is his first, you know, go. So he was very particular about how everything looked. And his, I guess, his buddy who he's done a lot of short films with has always been a, his cinematographer. And that's who shot his movie as well. So they have a very close relationship. That makes sense. They certainly know their style. And since we're doing like, was it 1630s um, yeah. uh, Protestant? Yeah. That right. Yep. That's um, right. You know, they, I think they nailed the look. Oh, for sure. And yeah. we haven't talked about their dialogue yet. So it's like from that time period. And if you want to call if it's authentic. Now, I don't, now, whether or not that works, and we can talk about that, but you, you do have to deal with that, that kind of heavy dialogue, that English dialogue that we don't, we don't hear all the time. So really, there are so many moments throughout the movie where we're, we're really just trying to, you wish you had subtitles. <laughs> you know, you're trying to yeah. grasp yeah. what the context is before you even know what's happening. Yeah. That's a good point. That um, is true. And so from what I've, I have heard of a couple people who've seen it twice and on the second viewing, they're able to grasp more. But even with the buddy I went with, um, we um, uh, we were able to kind of hash out some issues that we had after the movie. Okay, so you said this. Okay, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so the high dialogue, you know, actually, I think I appreciated that more since I watch a lot of indie flicks, since right. I watch a lot of high dialogue movies. But for him, he he didn't like it. Now, John, I wouldn't say John's like a typical, you know, your 
your typical viewer, like, and you have your formulaic horror movies. But he did say that he thought there was a lot of missed opportunities. They could have done a lot more with the witches, with the forestry scenes, you know, adding some more like uh, physical performances or visual language instead of just dialogue. He said the dialogue really drug it down for him. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I, I was bored or huh, when I wasn't unnerved. Yeah. You know, I wasn't bored, but it was like, okay, let's get this thing going. Yeah. Um, but God, I was so thankful when it was over too. I was like, okay, she's floating in there. Tell me this is the end because I don't want to watch 20 more minutes of this. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was kind of huffy. I was a little shifty in my seat. That's just because I don't enjoy that sort of thing. But after we talked about it, um, well, that's just my overall impression. So okay. I guess sitting back on it and kind of reflecting on it, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. That's it. I, rep- I appreciated what they did. You know, obviously the story is not for me. Right. Um, but when I think on the theory and the theory behind some of it, I am a little bit curious. It's not really my subject matter or something that I'm interested, not interested into really getting into. Right. But the ideas behind it, you know, sure. I, I, I can talk about it for an evening. Yeah. And it was interesting that they really did. Uh, and I can't remember if it was a, a prologue or something I read, but they based this on a lot of the stories that had come out of that time period and riches and all those things. So, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the happenings, a lot of the, the folklore and things like that came from real places, which makes it all the more unsettling to me. Right. And all the more realistic. Uh, I do agree with your buddy in that I felt that there were, I'm cool with the dialogue, and I think that there were some freaky scenes. But I told Rachel afterwards, I was like, you know, I'm, it's cool that there weren't a lot of jump scares, but they definitely could have used the witches more. There, there could have been more scenes still. Uh, <laughs> Don't get me know. wrong. When they were on screen, it was pretty terrifying. Oh, yeah, it, was. it was. It was really freaky. And I'll say this. The, the things that – there are some things, and I remember in the – when a, the reviews first started coming out, one of the highlighted things was – a quote from some reviewer that said, uh, you feel like you're watching things that you shouldn't be watching. Yeah. Like you should. And I felt like that sometimes, like the baby, like that whole baby that was, scene, that was sick. I mean, it was almost yeah. too much. Like, like I felt like this should not. Yeah. Be that was really right messed now. up. It was so messed up. And, and I get that probably, they probably took that from folklore where witches will, you know, take babies. And I guess this, Mash them is, up and, and then rub their bodies. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, I mean it all happened so quickly. They showed that happening. I mean, you know, within so a one minute scene, but it sticks with you. It was so nasty. Yeah, you don't see that and forget it. No, uh, at, but there were some really, really the spark. The parts that were suspenseful were really, really intense and suspenseful. Like when. The little boy, the brother comes back after being missing and and they're trying to basically exercise him, you know, pray it out of him. And then the two twins go down at the same time and like he's speaking and like his body's kind of convulsing. And and even that, like you kind of felt like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching. Like like you're thinking this is a, you know, 11 year old actor who's doing some weird stuff. And then like when he was looking at his sister's cleavage, like <laughs> like there's so many like yeah. like kind of like intense little things that you don't normally see in a movie. Uh, the scene where they are all in the, the shed or whatever locked up and uh, that was so suspenseful and intense. 
uh, I don't know. I, I liked the movie, but I really hated the movie too. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about like the the individual actors, or let's talk about the father real quick. His name is, it's um, acted by Ralph Ineson, who actually was is in Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, yeah. Like he had a really cool presence about it, and so much of that yes. is his voice. I agree. Like he his was, voice is yes intense and low, and yes, I mean. It, it, it'll, it'll kind of throw you off a little bit, but I think, you know, the idea of like, you know, y'all understand why he was, why he left the, the village, right? Because really he thought he could do it better than the village people. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> why? <laughs> he was so, such a macho So he macho thought he could just do it better. Yeah. <laughs> he thought he could do it better than them. So he takes his family, you know, and, right. and, um, you know, I think that's where he like says his pride was his, you know, his, his shame or his and, and i guess the witches utilize that as a tool to get to his family or however that works and you know and how they got to each individual child which you know, we'll let's talk about the little boy in particular i mean Mouths are sealed up. Oh, God. Will you? Will you? Hold it. Children, away from this. Thomas, say now. He'll break his jaws. I've heard that the little boy basically. <laughs> Had to do something with his lust and yeah, and sex. Yeah, like he like, had a, he like he had an orgasm before he died. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see. I mean, because with that coming out of his mouth, is that supposed to be representative, maybe of right lust or something? Yeah, I won't say this whole thing is based on seven deadly sins, but right, you know. But there's you know, shouldn't that it be part a, of it. shouldn't have been a cherry that popped out instead of an apple then. Or was it not? A, well, it was an apple. Hey, yeah, I know what you're saying. Get it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, some. I mean, some of it's that's that's the part where this it's interesting on in what they're trying to portray. I mean, because a lot of it's so ambiguous. You know how right. how did you take it? How did you how did you, right. you know, look at it? Um, there's something about the creatures, the way they looked, and that yeah. Billy Goat in particular, like their eyes, yeah, was super intense. They they did a good job of just taking something that seemed everyday and normal yeah which is those are the types of horror movies that i generally enjoy right where it's kind of a common sense approach as opposed to this way supernatural right you know I agree. and they just take something and something that i'll see at a petting zoo yeah and turn it into you know black phil yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and that's what makes it so unsettling it's what makes it it feels like it could really happen or maybe it has really happened and it feels so real that that messes with me a lot more than seeing Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Because I know Freddy's not going to happen. Right, right. So my buddy thinks, I'm trying to find this Job quote. So. All right. So when the father, right before he, you know, well, actually he gets jabbed in the side by the billy goat and he says, uh, to corruption, thou art my father. Okay, that's a verse from Job seventeen fourteen, and actually follows up with um, "To the worm, thou art my mother and my sister." Oh wow! All right, 
I mean, that's to me, that's no accident. Oh, I mean, because so much of this story was written, you know, from, you know, transcribed letters. Obviously, there's so much of it from the from the Bible, yes. you know, because um, I just thought it was really interesting because like to me, when that happened, he just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just I give up. And then yeah. he just let the Billy Goat kill. Him, right. Kill him. Right. Um, and I thought that was pretty powerful after it was brought to my attention, you know, now, one thing I've heard as far as the daughter goes, which I thought was really interesting, was that, you know, they're all subject to a higher power and they're all they're all bound to this higher power. Right. Right. In their case, they're all bound to God in the story and they're just picked off one by one. Right. Right. Well, in the end, the little girl, she gives up one power, higher power to another higher power from a certain yes. perspective in which she's still tied to uh, those bounds. But unfortunately, they're more evil and it goes down that path. Right. The theory behind that theory, but like just that theory or that thought behind it was just like, wow, there's a whole level to this movie that I just haven't quite taken into perspective yet. Right. Like, I respect it. I mean, I, ad- I admire the willing to think like that. I mean, I could never write anything like that. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, that's where it becomes very satanic in a way as well. Yeah, for sure. And I and I, I get why the critics are really kind of raving over that. You really have to think deep on some of this stuff, and you really have to um, know some... It, it's interesting how, what people take away from movies, right? So while my buddy John was able to just pick up on that Job quote immediately, he still wanted just the kind of more action type whatever but i'm like dude if you're taking that kind of dialogue right to me that's way more interesting that's why i thought about it so much more since i saw the you know saw the movie yeah he he has the ability to have a much deeper appreciation for the movie than just jump scares exactly exactly it was kind of surprising to me so um you know the more i sit on it the more i like it appreciate it but inevitably i I still was miserable (laughs) watching that movie i could not wait for it to be over i think that's pretty much where I landed as well like I thought it was a you know from a technical aspect and a storytelling aspect and you know as far as the effectiveness of the chills and scares and creepiness factor I mean I give it A's all across the board it was so well done and effective in all those ways but I it really I just you said you felt icky after that's how I felt I just felt like like, like I felt you know that's I mean that job well done that's what they wanted but I still just so bothered by it. Yeah. Let's talk about the closing scene. So basically when the girl talks to the goat, like, did you first off, did it work for you? And I'll, let's just say when she just decides to flip, does it work for you? It does work for me. I will say the only thing that didn't work for me was I questioned why she was so easily flipped. Yes. Like, I completely agree. I, I never thought for once that she was a, that she was um, empowered or taken over, influenced by 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 the devil, right? Right. Never or, or or which because even though she may have toyed with her sister, um, she seemed like she was in di- denial about ninety five percent of the movie, really up until like the last five minutes. Right. Okay. So uh, for her to just turn that easy, I was like, okay, well that's convenient, you know. And then she actually just signs over. I don't forgot what the verbiage is for that when you just sign. And, yeah, I mean, You're, like, I was. You sign your name off to the devil. What, what's the word? Sell your soul. Sell your soul. Yeah. And then she walks into the woods, and then all that happens. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't completely convinced. And I was like, okay. I thought, that's why I thought there might be like 20 minutes more to the movie because it's like, oh, we're going to just turn that easily. Right. Anyway. What about you? Did it work for you? No, the flip didn't really work for me because I didn't, like you, I didn't understand why she would. Why? Why? 
I, I think that was the only – if I had one criticism of the movie, that would be it. Like uh, if they would have given us a little bit more reason why she would flip. Now, I was – Is it because she felt like she had nowhere else to turn? That's, that's what I said to Rachel. she was confused was, or questioning herself because her, she just lost her entire family and maybe it was her uh, – Maybe she thought she unknowingly did that. Like maybe she thought she was a witch unknowingly. You know, but she she seemed completely content to flip. It wasn't. It didn't seem like a struggle. Like, okay, well maybe I need to flip, or they're going to kill me. Like they killed the rest of my family, or I have no one left. Yeah. I guess I should flip. I never got that. There didn't vibe. seem like there was any kind of conflict in her. She right. wanted it. I will say she, the the one thing she said that she couldn't sign, and then the. The boy said, I'll just put your hand down and I'll do it for you. Something to that effect. Okay. Remember? Yeah, yeah. There was that. I mean, she she was very willingly and openly talking to this. I, I was – the only thing that I gleaned from it was maybe she was questioning and wondering uh, and and had nowhere else to go. That was the one thing I said. I was like, well, maybe she just felt like she didn't But there was weirdness go, before that because all of that happened and then she just laid her head down and went to sleep. So there was something that's not a, a normal reaction to my entire family just got slaughtered. I think I'm going to go take a nap now. Yeah. So to me, there was something happening before then. Right. She was already acting weird, but I didn't get where that switch was supposed to happen I mean, for her. Could have have, could she have been like, why did the witches take her, her twin brother and sister and not take her where they were both trapped in the barn? Right. right. You know, I was she acting unconsciously? The, the witches very purposely took out every single member of her family except for her. But the thing and is, they, the thing is that they they literally did it. You know, they 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 got to her baby brother, they got to yes. her little brother, yeah. her twin siblings, and then did they never really got to her unless it was through a mental or a you know emotional capacity, right? Uh, whereas everyone else seemed like they were affected physically, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So I found that to be interesting. God, just creepy. I hate talking about this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was creepy. It was so creepy. And can we talk about how uh, when she was walking out to the witches, like it showed her again a thing that I felt like I shouldn't have been watching. It shows her naked body walking. Like this is like a fifteen-year-old girl. There are just so um, many things. In the I mean, movie. I think we all know that it was probably it was a, a body, a body double. double. I'm sure because she was born in ninety six, ninety seven. I can't find her age, but I'm guessing you know she's mid, you know fourteen, fifteen ish. Right. Yeah. Um. So. And so it's like it's like oh, this is getting really bizarre. Yeah, it was bizarre. Even though I knew it was a body double, sure. like as far as the illusion goes, I'm yeah. looking at a fourteen or fifteen year old naked walking and it's becoming just, a witch. It was just so it was icky. Just, like everything. It was so hard things, to watch. Like spiritually. It was icky and like, uh, you know, so many things I saw. In a demonic way. I mean, simply it. it I was really surprised. I mean, it really kind of like, I mean, shuddered, once again, shuddered. Like when they showed multiple witches, it's like, oh, wow, we have a whole thing going on here. Yeah. Like uh, that was a very powerful scene, I thought. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, when they all start floating in the air. Actually, I thought they were on brooms for a second. Oh, did you? I didn't think that. It's like, man, how can we just go there? That's what it looked like at first. It was freakier, though, that they were just floating. It really was. It was was creepy. It's It's weird how creepy just a figure floating can be. Sure. And it was creepy. Now, Rachel and 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 I were executed very well. (laughs) Yeah. And Rachel and I were talking. I wondered, like, were these witches in this these woods the whole time, or was it one witch that we were following? But then, because they knew they had a new recruit or whatever, the a whole coven showed up to kind of, you know, celebrate right. for lack of a better word yeah. or whatever. Because I feel like we were just watching one witch for most of the movie that was yeah. living in this particular right. woods. But since they got a new one, I felt like you know some of them came together. It's like a celebration, Could be. yeah. 
That's that's how I took it. Let's at hope least. we never have to see a sequel and find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, overall, I would say it was a really, it was really a pretty good movie. Uh, I, I pretty th- well done. I thought it was a pretty solid horror film. Yeah, you know, because I think most of them are pretty generic and same old thing. And yeah. this one, it's it's like I say, it's, it's pretty rare that I like a horror film. Yeah, um, I at least respect the ones that are good. Yeah, yeah. I respected this. I one. respect this one for sure. It'd be it's hard for me to recommend the people. That That's have. what I was gonna say. It is it is a well made movie. I cannot, in good conscience, recommend it. I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not like I'm not super sensitive about things like that. I watched American Horror Story, Coven. Like I've watched all of those, and those don't really bother me. This movie in particular is. There's definitely spiritual things, and that did not set well with me. It made me really uncomfortable. Not just like the aspect of witches or spooky, and that's why it was so unnerving to me, and that's why I felt icky is because it was in, it was a conflict with my personal beliefs and my spirit. Like I could feel the unsettling feeling in my spirit, and then we found out that it was it's actually endorsed by the Church of Satan, and he was like telling people to go see it, which was just more confirmation right. to me. Like, I, I don't yeah. I don't recommend putting this kind of thing in your life, even though it is a good horror movie. If if that kind of thing doesn't bother you, then yeah, it's, it's a well-made thing. movie. Like, but, if you were to tell somebody, you just had to preface it with many sentences. Right. Yeah. I am <laughs> not comfortable recommending it, yeah. but if that yeah. kind of thing has no effect on you, then, you know, it's a well-made movie. Yeah. So that is Pulp Fiction's very complex feelings on a very complex movie it's a great movie don't see it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is the witch by pulp fliction so this is part of the show we are going to talk about the oscars we're going to have a little oscars wrap up uh but before we get to that let's talk about what we've been watching lately here on pulp fliction jacob i will throw it over to you first what have you been watching lately kind of seems like it's been a couple weeks since we talked about anything like this so while there has been a lot, I'll, again, try to keep it to some of the more specific ones or make it pretty, as quick as I can. Because <laughs> um, I did rewatch three of the best pictures. Uh, I, I, in did fact, you? I bought the big short. I bought Spotlight. I, and, I, of course, I watched Spotlight like three times in the last three or four days. Nice. Um, I watched, Real, that many times? Oh, I love Spotlight. I well, think I know it's you love so, it. But... so good. And really watching on every viewing, I, I just still really enjoy it. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, all of these I watched on... Especially the big short uh, room was the third one that I that I watched. Nice. Um, which I was the more I think about room after watching a second time. Did I watch the third? I don't, no, I didn't. I, I, it's moved up already on my list. Yeah, I, I think it, it's really good movie. It's one that sat really really well yep. with me. The more time that it's gone on, it's moved up more and more for me as well. Yeah, I think I I bumped it up about two slots, like past Victoria and past um, The Hateful Eight, I believe. Oh, really? Maybe even yeah. Star Wars. So, you know, oh, Ex Machina, that's what it was. Oh, really? So yeah. it's sitting at about like five or six on my list. I, so. I think that's about where it ended up for me. So, I mean, I just think it was so well done. The Big Short was really fun to watch in the second time, but, you know, it's kind of like... I knew everything that was coming, so you didn't have that shock moment. Right. Now, since there's so much dialogue in the big short, you know, and I had it on subtitles this time, I was able to catch a lot more, you know, of the economics dialogue. Right. Still was a really good movie, but I think a movie like that's never going to be as good as the first time. Whereas I think a movie like Spotlight, I think, I still think it just resonates so well on so many levels, whether it's uh, investigative journalism, uh, where it's just technically how to make a great movie, Mm -hmm. um, great acting, just everything about Spotlight is so good. I'm 
I know we're jumping. I'm jumping ahead here, but I'm very, very happy at one best picture. Yeah, very deserving. Um, I also watched some oldies. I watched uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Nice. Uh, no, you've seen that before. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've read the yeah, book. Yeah. I, I've seen that movie. You know, yeah, many times. Movie. Have you seen it, Rach? Okay. Um, that's one of the few movies that's ever swept the Academy. Yeah, the, the big five. Uh, you know what? It's funny. I, I never thought Nurse Ratched, the, the actress that plays Nurse Ratched, even though, like, yeah, she's always known as one of the worst villains. Um, I never thought she was really that great because she never really had. She was always kind of very monologue, right? Or mon- monotone. Yeah. What was her name? Louise Fletcher, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't find it fast enough. So, Louise Fletcher. No, it's like the second person. <laughs> Uh, Louise Fletcher plays her, but I wish she just never was much arc to her. Nothing like, you know, Jack Nicholson and, oh, and yeah, that yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, she's supposed to be different and controlling. And, yeah, but, she's, um, she's a terrible person. Right. But is she? Because she's just trying to keep control, right? Well, trying to thing. keep control of the ward. You know, it is you interesting. Know? It's one of Who's those Who's the things? real bad guy of that movie? And when you think about it, like, yes, Jack Nicholson is supposed to be, you know, damn the man and right. go against the system. But it's a system of where they're trying to heal sick people. Right. No, so, when you, when you, it's funny when you watch a movie, you know, you're kind of, you're always programmed to root for your protagonist, whoever your protagonist mm-hmm. is. It's their story. You feel like they're the hero. They're right, and you go. Well, along, and really, and Jack Nicholson's an anti-hero. He is an anti-hero, certain, right? But you still, you still watch the movie. You go along with him. Right. But if you were to watch it and said, and you were told that Louise Fletcher is is the hero of this movie, you would view it in a completely different way, right? And Jack Nicholson really is a jackass in the movie. Like he's. I mean, he he leads a whole rebellion against this place, right? I mean, and it's amazing. It's it's because if you've ever seen the movie, there's so much emotion that goes to it, and you do you really root for what Jack Nicholson stands for. And the, this movie came out in 1975. You know, it's after Vietnam, so it's anti-establishment. Yeah, and it's it, I don't think I've ever really had like a, a critical conversation about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So it's like. Who is the bad guy when you really yeah. think about it? And anyway, I was thinking about that the other night, and I just there's a question for you to, to ponder if you have seen it. Yeah, no, it's a good question, yeah. and I don't think anybody ever does question it. Is what makes it an even more interesting question, right? Because we all just, I mean, everybody considers Nurse Ratchet one of the worst villains right. of all time, right? But when you do think about it in a literal perspective, it's so much fun to watch because of <laughs> the excitement that he brings to the screen. Yeah, the the life that he brings to the the individuals uh, that are around him, yeah. uh, how he just brings these personalities and really kind of a happiness to those characters able to escape their right. their what they're scared of their you know their their own issues and just kind of make them happy whether it's by fishing or gambling or yeah. watching baseball. Yeah, uh, there's some great great scenes in that and you know I, the book's a little bit different in how they treat the end of it, but you know. How it how it ends? It's powerful. It's powerful, and it I mean, is. it's a fist pumper, and it's it is gives you gives you chills from a certain perspective. It's, it's, it's really sad, cool. but awesome. At the yeah, same it time. is. It is. Um, for anyone who's never watched it, retro, I encourage you to see it. It's really good, and it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, um, I believe it's been on there for a little while. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, maybe that's it's on HBO. Awesome. It's on one no, of the two. No, it's on it's on Netflix. It's been on there for a while. Oh, yeah. that's a great one to have on Netflix. Um. I saw I saw The Rainmaker, which is a John Grisham novel made into a movie in 1997. Yeah, Matt Damon. Uh, actually, and Danny directed DeVito. by Francis Ford Coppola. I yes. did not know, I did not know that. Danny um, DeVito's in both those movies you just mentioned. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I always 
I always thought it was a good movie. I always thought it was a good book. Nothing great about either one of them, but always a fun watch because yeah. it does deal with a little bit of courtroom drama. John Voight's kind of like the bad guy lawyer, yeah. but John Voight's always good at playing those kinds of roles. Yeah. So if you've never seen it, uh, it's also on HBO now. Uh, the last one is Borat because yes. I hadn't seen Borat in 10 years. And, um, oh, you know, Borat's is still a stressful watch. It's one of the most stressful watches ever. But <laughs> well, I still, you know what's really happening. Yes. These people are like. Yes. When he just si- messes with really, I feel like Midwest, middle America type blue collar oh, so people. Great. And, you know, either they're religious or they're really strong in their politics. Yeah. And he just messes with all of them. And I was still laughing at so many scenes. When, and, when he uh, got, when Sasha Baron Cohen came out of the Oscars. And they said Oscar nominee. It seriously took me. I was like, Oscar nominee. I was like, Sasha Baron Cohen's never been nominated for for an acting Oscar. And I remember, finally they they told he was nominated for writing Borat. Right. So yeah, yeah. Well, Borat won. I don't. So I guess he won, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Oscar winner. Yeah, I think they did say. It. Oscar winner, yeah. Just weird to think, right? Yeah, I thought it was a joke at first. but He really is pretty brilliant at some of the things he does. Oh, he yeah. is really uh, smart. Yeah. He's a really smart dude. He is a really smart dude. He's, he's really clever. And what's funny is if if you look at Borat just from – I think some people could watch it just like, oh, it's like gross out, toilet humor. Sure. But really, I mean, he's really taking issues right? like racism and, and all these things and kind of flipping on their heads and showing them how ridiculous these people are. Right. Like even though, like on the surface, it looks juvenile. What he's actually doing is is poking the holes in all these people's beliefs and showing them kind of how dumb their beliefs are. Right. So yeah. So I, or, uh, or how seriously maybe they take themselves. Right. right. Yeah. That's that's another yeah. thing. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Rachel, what have you been watching lately? I haven't been watching much, but now that Jacob sucked about all these really smart movies, I'm just going to throw it out there that I've watched all of Fuller House. <laughs> hey, no, that's great though. That's it's awesome a buzz. Thing it's a about. buzz cool. thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean everybody's kind of mentioning. We could actually do a whole pod on that. Actually, we'd probably get a lot of listeners. We probably would. Those... Oh, don't make me watch Fuller House. Well, okay, here's here's the deal with Fuller House. Everybody that's criticizing this show, have you rewatched Full House as an adult? It's a terrible show. Uh, it's yeah. awful. Oh yeah, it is. It's a bad uh, show. Like it was cool when you were a kid because you were dumb because kids I are knew stupid. As a kid, it was dumb. I did too, but I was a little bit older <laughs> than, than you guys. So well, I was, was kind of. And it was probably not so much marketed you, towards. You were in college, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, and it was just not. And it was not really made for boys. It was made for little girls. Really. And, I mean, I watched it almost every day after school. Exactly. But you knew it sucked, and yet you watched <laughs> well, because it because you have day? like the three uncles. I mean, you have uh, Joey and um, Jesse. Jesse. So I mean, maybe. But okay. anyways, I loved Full House as a kid. I watch it as an adult. It's awful. I still watch it because I'm nostalgic for it. So I watched Fuller House while I was cleaning my house. Like, so I wasn't like fully invested in this. I was going through boxes and whatnot. But um. Sh- um it is i think it's a good companion to the original it's not a good show it is absolutely not however fuller house is a more adult show it is clearly aimed for people that grew up watching it and for their kids so it's nostalgia it's a nostalgia watch kind of it's a nostalgia watch but i think it has i 
I feel like if you have a kid that's in the same age age as you were when you watched it originally, they will like it. It is a lot racier than the original Full House. Yeah. Because they know that they're also speaking to an audience that watched Full House and are now adults. There's hey, a lot of sex jokes. Netflix probably has a lot to do with that. I'm sure it does. Yeah. There's a lot of sex jokes. Stephanie has fake boobs and they very really they like very obvious that she has fake boobs. Really? The <laughs> girls go out for a girls night out and get drunk. They talk about strippers. Really? Like it doesn't show them drunk, but they talk about drinking huh. and how they went out and had a good time. At, you, you have our like undivided it. attention, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but D- um, well, let's talk about, can we talk about how DJ and Stephanie look really hot now? How they aged well? Yeah. I, that have. entire cast aged well. Yeah. Oh, John um, Stamos is a freaking age. Oh, and he, even, he looks awesome. And they're very, uh, it's a very self-aware show. They poke fun at themselves constantly. John Stamos even stops and says, can we stop a, a minute and talk about how good looking we all are? Um, <laughs> there's little awesome. things like that. They ask where Michelle is and they're like, oh, she's off running her fashion empire. And everyone turns and looks right at the camera. That's awesome. Like, so they're it's very, very tongue in cheek. They know exactly what's going tongue on. And That's cheek. very cool. But, um, no. so in a lot of ways, it's even more clever than full house. It sounds like, like, as far as it's, wit it's a, goes, it, it is. Uh, it's it's not a good show. The girls themselves, the main the main actresses that came back, like DJ Stephanie and Kimmy, right? All pretty decent actors, like not right. super great or anything, but decent actors. The kids are a little bit annoying, um, but not bad overall. I feel like. You should just lay off. Like the things I've read about it are like, oh, the theme is terrible, isn't it? Oh, it's just a rehash. Well, yeah, it is. That's the whole point. I mean, like, and what I've read from them, the the cast members themselves, like, hey, listen, they pretty much said what you said. The original show didn't get, the original show got kind of panned by critics anyways, but the fans loved it. Yeah. And they said that we made this for the fans. We don't care what the critics say. This is for the fans. We think the fans are going to love it. It's very clearly a show for the fans. After watching the pilot, I was like, this is pretty awful. It was a very forced, but in the first episode, the entire family's there. Otherwise, like it's more of a uh, reunion the dad, uh, Jesse and Joey make cameos, right? And and um, Becky too. They all make cameos. The twins they brought back the um, Jesse and Becky's twins, like the actual boys. They are just awful actors. Like some of the worst acting I've ever seen really? in my whole well, life. Because they were babies. The <laughs> they same were babies. Kid, yeah, they're they were just babies. Yeah, so exactly. They so they just brought them back for one episode. Um, I lost my train of thought. But I, well, it, so I'm curious about this. Like, was Joey so so Joey and Uncle Jesse? They're not really in every episode. No, oh, none okay. of the none of the. It's just, mainly just the girls. It's just DJ Stephanie and Kimmy. They're oh. in they're basically episode. the new yeah. Uncle Joey. Jesse, and it is and exactly Saggy. the same story. DJ's a widow. They come to move in and help yeah. her out. Um, so it's basically the exact same thing. But listen, I. I had a. I didn't know if I was going to keep watching it after the pilot because the jokes were so forced because the entire family was there, and they were trying to get everybody's catchphrases in. That's kind of and fun. Like, it is fun, but it was kind of a painful it, watch at the same bad. time. Yeah. It was. It was pretty forced. But after I watched the second and third episode, I was like, "Hey, they've actually like built their own little thing now." And That's there cool. are a lot of, you know, they still say their phrases. Oh, my Lanta. How rude! Cut it out. He did yeah. do that too. It's it's all the first the pilot is have mercy. Oh yeah, there's a lot of that, but they're <laughs> mostly rude. they're mostly uh, really blatant sex jokes that are followed by have mercy now. So <laughs> they're better. So, so it's anyways, full house for 2016. All that to say, 
if you liked Full House, stop being so critical of Fuller House and just enjoy it for what it is. It's not a great show, but it's entertaining enough. It's it's a good thing to throw on yeah. if you if you don't want to put a lot of thought into if, anything. If you don't want to take anything too seriously. That is correct. I'm probably going to end up watching it. I didn't love Full House. I watched it when I was younger. I don't know how it'll set with you if you didn't like it before because, like I said, it's not a good show. No, I mean, like when I was a kid, I was younger or whatever. Like I, I, I thought it was okay, but, you know, I, I definitely started to get older and realized that it sucked. And I kind of made fun of it, but I still kind of liked it. I freaking I loved it Full good. House. I had VHS tapes full of Full House. So... <laughs> This I am their target demographic yeah. with this. I was in that weird. I was kind of becoming like a, a big kid, like a teenager. And so well, I was like, oh, this is kind of stupid, but I kind of still like it because I liked it a couple of years ago. So I kind of made fun of it, especially as well. But I still am curious. I still want to watch Fuller House. I mean, I probably watched it when I was eight, which would have made you 16. So you're a little out of their target audience yeah. when Full House was on. Yeah. I've told everyone who tries to get me to watch a new show that I'm not watching any new show until I watch Fargo. So... Good. Until you yeah. watch Good Fuller idea. House. Yeah. I have my priorities. Yes. <laughs> in order, I believe. Yeah. You should never go Fargo before you go Fuller oh, House. Oh, P.S. Fuller, Fuller House is more than just like, oh, Fuller House. That's Beck or uh, DJ's new last name. She's oh, DJ really? Fuller. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, Fuller House. Nice. I'm glad we talked about Fuller House. That's That'll be fun. I'll... I'll uh, I'm going to check it out. Uh, Misty likes it so far. At least... She said a lot of the same things you did. She had the same feelings on it that you do. It's fun. Uh, she hasn't watched the whole thing. She's watched like three or four episodes. Uh, I'll quickly talk about Triple Nine, the movie that came out this week, uh, starring Casey Affleck, Chiwetel Ojefor, Anthony Mackie, Aaron Paul, Woody Harrelson, and Kate Winslet, Norman Reedus, Teresa Palmer, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams. A really, really Freaking good stellar cast. cast. It's a stellar cast, which, you know, it kind of went under the radar. Didn't make a ton of money. They didn't do good advertising it for it they didn't all. do good advertising on it uh directed by john hillcoat an australian director who's directed uh acclaimed movies like the road lawless and the proposition and so people feel like that's why he got such a good cast for such a low budget movie uh because he's done some really good movies so far this one though was disappointing oh yeah uh rachel and i both watched it uh it wasn't a bad movie. It was a well-done movie. I could see why, like, as, as far as the technical aspect, I mean, you had good actors and a good director. The problem with me was the script. Yep, absolutely. You just walk away from this movie, just kind of shrug your shoulders like, okay, so? Yeah. That, that was my whole feeling. Like, yep. I was never bored with it. I was mildly interested to see where it. things were going. Uh, the characters, you didn't what's, really... What's it about? Well, it's actually, a, I have the synopsis here. If you oh, want yeah, to read it. I'll read it, yeah. Uh, the synopsis is a gang of criminals and corrupt corrupt cops plan the murder of a police officer in order to pull off their biggest heist yet across town. Sounds cool enough. Sounds fun enough. Sure. Uh, but amazingly, it wasn't that. In, I mean, that is what happened. Yeah, but it's not very interesting. But it's not. They don't. There's not much character development. You don't really care about the characters. Um, Woody Harrelson is kind of quirky, fun, but he's kind of a minor character. Casey Affleck's character was, I guess, your protagonist, but did, did you care about no, him? No, I didn't. I, really... I didn't care about anybody in that movie. Yeah, so like when when people die, and a lot of people die in this, you don't really care. I don't know. Uh, Is it cause, just because there's so many people in it? There's so many people in it, and they didn't even try to develop them. They just like throw you in actually? the middle of a story. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't care about half of them. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they do just kind of drop you in the middle. 
It's it's like Brandon's he, a big Love Actually fan. I, oh, I, I love Love Actually. Yeah, I'll talk about that instead because uh, <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, it's kind of like if you had Heat, but took away all the good stuff. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Actually, yeah. I, mean, I I got bored with it. I thought they could have cut at least thirty minutes out of that. So movie. Brandon, you were like, "Give me some more! Yeah, Give me some exactly. more! <laughs> Don't waste my motherfucking time!" <laughs> you can get kid walk on your doggy. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> Side note about Heat: some of his random outbursts in that movie from Pacino. Man had originally written Pacino's character to have a cocaine problem. Mm-hmm. Like he did cocaine, but they, they cut that stuff. They filmed some of that stuff, but they cut it out because they felt like it was already overlong. They didn't want to delve into that stuff. So he so just kind of, acted like he was coke, on cocaine well, randomly? He didn't know that. So <laughs> right. he acted this part. So there's these random outbursts, which are funny. Like they get killed walking their dog. Like, yeah. give me all you got. Mm-hmm. Give me all yeah. you got. Like it's random outbursts. But, you know, it was with the idea that he had just done a line of cocaine oh, to deal with all this. Like, interesting. I never so, knew that. So like with that. You know, bit of information yeah. it kind of helps explain some of the <laughs> right. random outbursts. Because right. she got a great ass. Yeah, <laughs> you got your head all the way up it. Uh, I love heat. Let's talk about heat. Triple uh, <laughs> Nine was. It's a movie that you're like, well, okay. Well, fine. that that exists. Yeah. I'll forget about it in a year. You'll, I've never even seen a trailer for this movie. I really? honestly barely isn't that, isn't that crazy with the cast? Yes. Because the cast. It's just bad marketing. Yeah, terrible marketing. Kate Winslet plays a Russian mob leader. It's really freaking weird. Really weird. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. I almost want you to see it to see what you think of it now. Okay. Despite what I just said about it, uh, just because it was a missed opportunity. If, if they would have fleshed out the characters more... Then you would have maybe cared, especially for like Chuelte Ojafor's character, yeah, or maybe Casey Affleck's character. Yeah, it's got Omar from The Wire. Yeah, he plays a, Michael uh, Keith Williams. He plays a, a drag queen. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, really. yeah. Hmm. I guess it was a drag queen, transgender. Or something. Yeah, I couldn't tell I which one. They that. didn't really give us context because that wasn't really the name of the game in yeah. this movie. Uh, but that is triple nine. <laughs> now let's get to uh, let's get to Oscar talk. Uh, Normally we do like a top five list, but we have, we're not we we're not going to do that this week. We're just going to talk kind of reflect on the Oscars and really kind of reflect on that little game that we played. Oh gosh! Are, are, <laughs> so do you guys know what I'm going to dress up as? Uh, we have a pretty good idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give Jacob the executive so, so, decision. So basically, but... the game we played was we all had to sit down. In our last episode, we uh, sat down for all the nominations. We had to pick our. Who we thought would win, and then we kind of would pick a dark horse. And if you got your pick, you got one point. And if a dark horse won, you at least got half a point. Yes. The end results of the score was Rachel 16 and a half. What? what? And then Brandon and I tied at uh. 14 and a half. But thank God we had a tiebreaker because <laughs> oh. the big loser in the room was Brandon. <laughs> And you know what's so funny? <laughs> the reason that we decided to do the dark Basically, I think that Mad Max would have more awards, and Brandon picked The Revenant. Ugh. And, you know, if he'd, have, if he'd have picked Mad Max also, then it would have come down to, we had to guess how many awards they would have had. And Booyah Kasha. Had it come down to that with me, I had Mad Max with six. six. Which is and, I had, and I had him at five. Exactly. And I had so, what? Woo, I was sweating bullets uh, that last Jacob hour. Was, I watched it with Jacob. Brandon watched it with his family. 
Jacob was legitimately really concerned about what was happening. He was I really tell stressed from, out about well, it. Well, I started out with an early lead. I was like, oh, I'm never going to back off of this. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, don't call it a comeback by Rachel. And then, of course, Brandon sneaks up out of nowhere because some of the random wins that happened. Uh, oh, or, or if actually, I won, it was random. Uh, no, actually, what got me was when Sly lost because I picked... Um, What's his name for the Revenant to oh, yeah. to win as the yeah, dark Tom, Hardy. Tom Hardy? Yeah, and Rylance won, and I'm and that's when it, we broke even, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to have to dress up, <laughs> uh, I cosplay at the wrong movie. Uh, yeah, and th- that's that's what that, that those was are the, the contest stakes. worked. If you those were the stakes. If you lost, you had to you had to dress up to a movie. But the key is, is that you have to dress up as the wrong cosplay <laughs> for a movie that we have to go see sometime this spring or summer. Oh, this is going to suck. So thank goodness Brandon lost and all is right with the world. Uh, on a tiebreaker. <laughs> and the tie whole breaker. reason we had the freaking Dark Horses is because we thought, well, no way if we put point fives, there'll be way more variance. No way there'll be a tie. We still had a tie and lost on a freaking tiebreaker. Yep. So uh, well, okay. maybe Rachel and I will. It was a lot of fun for me. At the end of, after we okay. talk about the Oscars. Okay. Uh, it was a lot of fun for me. One, because I won. And secondly, because had I had to watch Mad Max win all of that crap and I hadn't picked them, I would have been, just been like, oh, this is the most annoying, worst Oscars ever. Well, like for me. I don't like Mad Max. I lost because of Mad Max. I already hated Mad Max and I don't have six more reasons to freaking hate <laughs> Mad Max. I'm so glad I met with Mad Max and all those technical uh, categories. And it won all of them except for special effects, which Ex Machina won, which I was so freaking excited about. It was like best of all worlds for you. Wasn't that bizarre? I mean, like, let's talk about just the technical awards so we don't have to talk about each one individually. Right. Okay, ob- obviously Mad Max almost swept the technicals. You know, Other than the main makeup, one. Makeup, sound effects, yeah. sound mixing, uh, editing. I was shocked. Well, I wasn't shocked, but I really thought that, that it was going to go to um, the big short. So did I. Uh, it won, outside of cinematography, it won every award. And then, so when visual effects comes along, I mean, you're I thinking Mad Max, Star Wars, yeah. The Revenant, and who wins it? Yeah, X Machina. That was shocking. Yeah, and it, it awesome. made no sense. Oh, it was awesome, I mean, but it, it made makes no sense. sense but it, to me, it's like okay, we must have some split votes on the other ones, the ones who were more qualified, and then somehow that was left. I don't know, maybe not because Rachel said when we were watching it. I mean, and she's right. What they did with Ava was amazing. If you look at her in like in intestinal or her brain yeah like it was really cool what they did and not only that but it it looked real like you never thought yes. you were watching cgi or any sort of thing. and it, and and it, it and had it was, to and it, it was, was key to the story yes you wouldn't believe anything you're watching if it wasn't for that also it was the only thing that was different as great as mad max and star wars and revenant was we've seen those things before never really True. seen to to the effect that it was done what X Machina at least stood really out. It was lot, unique. Really, with a lot this with the uh, Mad Max is that it really wasn't. I mean, yeah, it had some CGI in it because it was so much practical effects. Right. Right. You know, obviously, yeah, there's CGI, but not like we've seen the last 15 years. Right. So, in a way, it would make that's why it would make sense that it would, that it would go to Star Wars. Really. Yeah. But that's why I wish that's I would have. I, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, as far as the technical awards, I think, you know. Well, Rachel had picked pretty much all Mad Max, and I had him on some on Dark Horse, some not. And, yeah. Uh, you know, hey, it's not like Mad Max wasn't deserving of it, even though... 
I was I was know, fine with on Mad the Max winning what, the, on the technical aspect. I was fine with Mad Max. Or everyone I was texting or talking to, whether it was Rachel, my mom, my friend in Denver, everyone was like, "As long as it doesn't win Best Picture, I'm yep. okay." Yep. yep, that's that's exactly what I was saying too. <laughs> and but I mean, I was you know this year's Oscars it started right into the screenplays, which personally I didn't like because well, it's um, too much of a precursor. Like tips the hat too much of. He's yes. got the best chance to win Best Picture. Yeah, usually, usually it starts off with Best uh, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress. Right. And um, it did just Actress right after the screenplays. And then really we didn't – then we went straight into all the technical awards. And, you know, it's Mad Max, Mad Max like six times in a row. And, I'm, and I threw a theory out there like, you know what, they're getting some of these uh, you know, screenplays out of the way because the idea is they know who's going to win Best Picture. And so they're just going to show all these technical awards to Mad Max and it'll just take Best Picture, Best Director. Because I really thought after all those technical awards that George Miller was going to take the director. I That's still how the momentum was going. The momentum was going there. I still didn't think so. Uh, I, I got my pick right for director. We all did. We all picked uh, in Oh, your, we did all? In, in okay. Your too. okay. Yeah. And you two got Best Picture. I went with uh, Revenant, which... It, by the time we got to the end, I was like, it's for sure going to be um, Spotlight. Really? Knew, because there really was... Oh, I, I, I had think, no clue. I, I think that this year, more than any other, it was hard to say because Spotlight and Big Short won screenplay, but that was pretty much it. That was pretty much all that either one of them won, and you kind of forget about it. And then Revenant picks up Best Actor and Best Director, boom, boom. And it was on a run there. And, and then it was on a yep. run, and then you got Mad Max and won all these awards. So you're but that's like, well, why where I felt more like Spotlight was going to get it because it didn't. It was a better movie than what the what it was given before like supposedly this is the first movie since like 1973 i don't have the movie that that particular movie in front of me with the fewest uh oscars to win best picture Picture. well and we talked about this several times but the nature of ensemble cast like it had makes it harder for it to win oscars right yeah for sure especially in the acting category and it's a it was a really tough year for directors because directing was great this year it's just that the field was so strong in so many categories I thought that's why I thought it was a great year for movies and a really tough year for some movies that lost because there were some categories, whether especially in I think the technical field that were de- that were deserving if it weren't for right. if Mad Max wasn't there. Or, yeah, you know, it, it was a really good. I mean, there were some really. I think both the screenplay categories were really hard because yeah they were i believed inside out should have been nominated for best picture but yeah yep. you know I, and i believe that's why it was nominated for a screenplay but inevitably it lost out the spotlight and i have a problem with either one I, there are just so many categories really the weakest categories in my opinion this year were the acting categories they yep. were which is uh, weird outside yeah. of the best actress category best yeah. actress was the most act acting category yeah. for sure yeah uh, biggest disappointment for you guys, for me, it was Sly not winning. I was yeah. really yeah. bummed I'd, out. I'd say that's Absolutely. pretty universal, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. I think everybody everybody watching, everybody there, everybody thought and hoped that Sly was going to win. I know that my whole family was really bad. That was the one that we were all most looking forward to. Right. We all wanted to see him have his moment, 
See see the standing ovation. See him. See him. Get, especially that he's like old school tough guy. Doesn't it seem like it always and to happens? see him like get you know emotional. Yeah, and I was really looking forward yeah. to it. Doesn't that seem like that always happens? Like it happened with Michael Keaton last year. It happened with Mickey yeah. Rourke when he was in the wrestlers. Yes. Um, yes, that's right. There are. I'm sure there. Are, I'm sure there are other ones that are out there. I mean, clearly it's taken Leo six times yeah. to finally win his award. But but he's not. I'm old. not sure if he's out there with Michael Keaton. No, yet, you know? like I mean, because he hasn't put in the years. That... Right. Well, and let's be honest. This was Sly's last shot at it. Oh, he it can't was... be Rocky again. I mean, no. like, and he doesn't. This he doesn't have he's a not going to win for like that, no. expendable. No, he, for... he can only. He can only be that good as Rocky. And now that we've broken into old Rocky, now we've seen it. So the next performance as old Rocky will be less. That's exactly Unless he's right. doing a one-handed push-up. I don't see it happening. Yeah. No, but you, <laughs> Which you probably still can. I was like, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. but, but you're right. And, and I think that's what we all recognize. This was his only shot to ever win an Oscar. And damn it, even if Mark Rylance was maybe better, I'm not saying he was I didn't wasn't, think he was. But... Either way, you want to see Sly win it. Yeah, yeah. Darn so that was, that was that was. How do you not vote for Sylvester Stallone? I, I don't. I don't get. I was shocked. I was too. My, my sister was like, like pretty nervous about. it. It's like, don't worry, he's gonna win it. Like I want. I almost guarantee he's going to win it. So she started feeling better. She's like, good. That makes me feel a lot better because I was so nervous. And then, and then I made it worse it, yeah. because I got her expectation. She's like, I'd lower my expectation. I had just kind of given up to the fact that he was going to win. I was like, oh, no, he's by far the favorite. He's going to win. So I kind of ruined it even more. Well, and he her. was the favorite. He was, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was the biggest shock of the night to me. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room then, which would be the politics behind the Oscars this year. Oscars so white. Yeah. Yep. It, not true. Yeah. Oscars so not black. Yeah, there's a big difference. I mean, there, <laughs> there is a difference. Uh, Jacob sent us a text because he had he decided all the different nationalities and and races that did win. I can't remember now. But two was, Mexicans, two Chileans, a Palestinian, a an Italian. I know there's another European group that did the movie um, Stutter. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know where they're from. I didn't catch it. So it's not that. The Oscars weren't actually. The Oscars seemed like they were very diverse. It just yeah. wasn't they were. a good year for African Americans. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing: I love black actors and actresses, but if they didn't give their performances this year, then you shouldn't nominate them. Yeah. The only one that had an, a, a a good argument to me was Idris Elba. Me other too. other than that, nobody really had an argument. And here's the deal: I mean, unfortunately, maybe maybe Will Smith, which is you know his maybe. wife is who started it all, and maybe. Uh, Michael um, Creed. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. But Michael B. Jordan, I mean, he never seemed to put up... Like, nobody seemed shocked that Michael B. Jordan wasn't nominated for Creed. Right. Um, I say Idris Elba was the one who probably should have... He was... The, but I haven't I seen mean, Trumbo, and I haven't seen Beast of No Nation, so I can't really say one or the other. I think he had the best argument for it, but this is... We're also delving into a movie that was released on Netflix, which I think might be a bigger issue. I I don't know. That's I can't true. say. That's a good point. Um, he. I just know that the argument could be made that he should have been nominated, but I don't. I didn't see it, so I can't say whether I think he should have been nominated for right. it. But it's going to take a minute for the Oscars to catch on to Netflix. Like this yeah. is a new thing to release movies on Netflix. Right. And I think that that probably hurt beast of no nation. Let's let's, before we kind of jump ahead on too much of all the politics stuff, let's just actually, the whole reason of the, the debate or the, the subject being brought up simply is that they want to have more opportunity. 
And I black actors want to have more opportunity. That's the thing. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that most people don't know. Right. That even if I see, I don't know how many black workers there are in the technical field right why would we ever see or know that how many writers are out there how many uh, you know cinematographers are there there could be a whole side of that that we don't even know about uh clearly i i I know i have thought for years um you know why don't we see more if anything indie movies spike lee is the only one who really puts those out yeah uh yes there are some from time to time you'll you have your 12 years of slavery you have your selma's but is that the case? Is it always going to be something that's historically related? Right. To, right. You know, or why can't we get a uh, just a good indie flick with, say, oh, like a hustle and flow? But does yeah. it have to be on the streets? Does right. it have to be, right. you know, well, gangster? The, I was going <laughs> to so, say the help, but that's still the same. And so, oh, yes. and, and that's also a problem of demographics and really the economics behind Hollywood. I think it's the economics. And I think anything. that's what a lot of people forget about. And that's what became really frustrating because, look, I have an art degree, not that that matters, but when it comes to film, I look at film as an art, and I want art to remain subjective, and the last thing I want is for politics to get in the way of a subjective thing. Now, I do appreciate that different cultures have different opinion on what they enjoy, but when you come to making movies in a technical aspect, when it comes to acting, uh, and yes, I do agree, a lot of that's subjective. Most people know what is the inferior or superior I guess a choice, decision, or winner, or and this year they were just better in the acting department. They were just better performances, and as far as the technical side, I don't know because I don't see that side of it. But this is certainly something to take in consideration for all the for for a lot of the viewers out there. Right, there's a whole lot more to it than we don't know. But you know, I just think it was just a bad year, bad year in the acting category. But as far as diversity goes in the Oscars, I actually thought it was very diverse as far as your winners go. Yeah, some of them were in the documentary and the short film field, but there was a pretty, I mean, there was a lot of diversity out there. Yeah. yeah. And I think, unfortunately, just kind of how it is still, and, and that, you know, it was a lot worse 50 years ago, and it'll be a lot different 50 years from now. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. I, I think that it is, listen, I think the Academy has always done a, great job of recognizing the best performances the best you know whether it be in acting or cinematography the technical categories so i don't blame the academy at all i don't think that was the no. problem it was definitely an opportunity type thing but you can't get onto academy for that but at the same time like you said it's an economics thing these people want to make money and so are they going to make more money if they put tom cruise in a lead or are they going to make more money if they put chuate ojefor in a lead chuate ojefor is a great actor but is he going to make the money back that the, you know... Well, let's use Denzel Washington as an example. That's a great example because there are a lot of white people who will go to the movies to see Denzel Washington. Right. A lot of them don't know Edgy Ofor, who I think is an excellent actor. Oh, he is. And it's like, well, give him more chances. I completely agree. Right. But until that happens, he's going to have to play like that that role he did the, in NASA for The Martian. Yeah. You know, or, you know, he might have a breakout like he did in 12 Years a Slave, which I loved him in. And that's the part where you get to wonder about scripts that are sitting on shelves. You know, how do we keep this ball rolling? And, you know, was 12 Years a Slave a successful movie while it was at the theaters? It might have been the Oscar winner that year. But at the time, how is it going to hit its demographics? Because, again, let's not forget about the economics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it, it really comes down a lot of times to they, they need established stars. And unfortunately, 
you know, there's not as many black actors and actresses who are going to bring in the bucks as and and again, that's I'm not saying that that's that's not their fault. It, again, it's opportunity, but it's it just takes more time for more and more to become established. And yeah, I also believe that Hollywood doesn't rely on its star power as much as it used to. You know, yeah, I believe I read an true. article about how they don't believe the Revenant would have been as successful if Leonardo wasn't in it. And I don't know how it works when it comes to royalties and paying actors these days, but I would think that again, this is the pol- not the politics. This is the um, unfortunately the nature of the business where they might cast so and so because they they get paid less as opposed to a more you know a, a bigger name, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's un- I think it's unfortunate that I I believe in the opportunity thing as well, but I also understand the economics behind it, which kind of stinks because I wish it wasn't about that. I want it to just be art, and I wish yeah. it was always you know it could please everybody, and it just it, it's unfortunate when it comes down to. I want to watch one of my favorite award ceremonies, and it turns into nothing but politics. Yeah, you know, I thought Chris Rock's opening segment was was funny. Rachel was laughing too. hard. Yeah, I thought it was um, funny. when they did the subbing videos where like Whoopi Goldberg was uh, the the janitor. The janitor. Yeah, oh, I thought, I thought those were especially. I don't know what her name is, but when she went as the bear. That was hilarious. Honestly, it kind of said, well, really, there's some limited roles here. Right. You can't do a movie about the Danish girl and and have, I mean, you know what I mean? Trumbo can only be played by, why, dude? He's based on a real guy. Steve Jobs could only be played by a white guy. When it comes to history, it can only be played Uh, by I looked at all the five best actors, and The Martian was really the only one that could have been played by either black or white. A neutral race, right? Yeah, it was the only one. Right. So, I mean, a lot of, and again, that's scripts, and it's what's written. I see both sides. I can see why you would want more opportunity if you're a black actor or actress, but then I can see from the flip side of it, like, well, there's only limited, you know, we want to make money back, or there's only these scripts, and they call for this, or they're based on real people. Yeah. So there's a good tip. But what I absolutely don't like is blaming the Academy for it. I agree. Just it's not a problem. The best performances. It's not a problem with the Oscars. It's it's a much deeper problem than that. And right. the Oscars got attacked because Jada Pinkett Smith got butt hurt that her husband didn't get nominated for something he didn't get deserve to be nominated. One hundred percent agree. See now, yeah. now I actually kind of disagree with you all in that I think it it could be more on the Weinstein's or the Academy that they could put more scripts out there. I bet there's a lot of scripts on the shelves but that's not the that Academy. they just choose. That's Hollywood. Like, that's okay. Hollywood. That would be okay. like, but like the Academy is like, a so when they field. say like, it was all white guys in a room and they're always picking, you know, whoever to win awards, you're saying that's nothing. That's completely different than, yeah, you're right. Universal or Fox actually getting scripts and putting right. people on the screens. Got right. It. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just a separate deal. You know, now whether or not sounds like it's a vicious cycle. Sounds like yes. it's a vicious cycle that's unfortunately going to be around for a little while, and 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 that's why they bring it to the attention. And I and I get that. Yeah, here I'm cool with this making a change as far as opportunity or how things are handled. What I don't want is it to affect the Oscars themselves. If this whole thing that we had to go through this year that kind of sucked to have to watch, even though they're. It, you know, Chris Rock, I thought was really funny, but it was kind of just like it became too much. Like, okay, we get it was it. every single joke. It was yeah. it was so much. But if the end result of that is there is a change in opportunity, and that time, that's cool. That's fine. I'm fine with it. But I don't want to see the Oscars go to like ten acting 
uh, nominees to just five, to just make to, people happy, right? Just to make because then the quality goes down, which like is what I fear. Yeah. Is that or, or like okay, they keep with five, but every year they feel like they had to nominate one non-white yeah. actor, whether that be a black or Asian or Mexican, whatever. Like I don't want affirmative action nominees. Yes. Uh, so as long as it doesn't affect the Oscars themselves, I'm cool with it because we want it to be subjective. We don't want there to be any kind of political control right. over that stuff. Yeah. I think unfortunately that's just. The way it is sometimes, even though I completely agree with what you just said, I actually just thought of something else. You know, this year we had also a a, a gay winner, um, Sam right Sam, Sam Smith. Smith, and we had multiple movies that were nominated for multiple really pretty high up awards, whether it yeah. was Carol or The Danish Girl. Yeah, but you know what? Next year, you know, uh, Edge of Four will be nominated and. Uh, something some, another lgbt movie won't be and they're gonna raise hell on that so right that's what i'm saying it's just a vicious people, cycle people, and just in general society today people get their paintings on it's, several it's just too things. bad because it just kind of takes the enjoyment of the art away yeah because to me that's what it's supposed to be yeah, yeah. absolutely and uh, that's where i had a hard time with it but yeah. You know, I actually thought Chris Rock was off to a great start. Oh, I think so, too. Um, and, I, I, and I think he landed on some really good points when he finally said, look, it's all about opportunity. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. He's ringing home the theme here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just think, it, unfortunately, they just got stuck on that theme. And, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the Girl Scout part, it was it was actually his version of doing the giant selfie. And yeah, it was. I was impressed how much they were able to raise. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, um, um, I thought his point uh, in the opening monologue was hilarious about how Nobody in the 60s worried about it because they had bigger <laughs> concerns than uh, black people getting nominated for Oscars. They were worried about getting lynched. And, yeah, like, while well, that's a sad statement, um, that's kind of true. No, 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 no. I, I read an article online. Uh, they were really upset that he, that he made that comment. It's really? a pretty insensitive yeah. comment, but. Yeah, because of the insens- in- insensitivity. No but he's not wrong. Um, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, like there are bigger issues out there. Yeah, they they yeah, had more things issues. to worry about. Not to say that racism is dead and they don't have to worry about that anymore. But there were there used to be bigger things to be concerned with than who's getting what job in Hollywood yeah. and how they're getting awarded for it. Quickly, what was your favorite part of the Oscars? Did you have like one standout oh, yeah. moment that you're like that that was awesome? Uh okay. I'll go with mine if you want to think. I really, really love Louis C.K.'s intro to <laughs> his best really documentary <laughs> about how really it actually good. means something to those people. And you know what was funny about that? The lady that won? That's her second, that was her second Oscar. Was it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really, really good. I mean, but legitimately, like all these small documentary shorts, animated yeah. short makers, these people aren't rolling in dough. Yeah. You think of all these people as wealthy, but... That's not no, necessarily that was, no, true. That, that was, that, his his intro fantastic was fantastic speech. I guess what I would say that that's a good choice. I really really liked how excited uh, Jacob Tremblay got when R two D two and C three PO came out. He was so because I knew the backstory. He was like a huge Star Wars fan. So like he and Brie Larson totally bonded over that. Uh, but to, side note to that, how excited he got about that. But then also how excited he was for Brie Larson and like kind of seeing their relationship, yeah. just like how, you know, truly together they were. I thought that was cool. But then also uh, Lady Gaga's song yep. and like when all, that the, been one of mine. all the victims came up and, yeah. you know, you saw their arms and what was written on them. I thought it was really powerful. Well, and Jacob didn't know this, but I don't know if you did, that she's actually a victim of 
abuse and rape. I read that afterwards. Yeah. I, I, that I had morning. not heard that. Yeah. I was so it was a very. I I was impressed yeah. at how well she kept it together. Actually, for yeah. how personal of a song it was yeah. to her. I thought that that whole part was awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. I also I actually really liked that when Leo won. That was really cool. It was. You know, um, I, I enjoyed that as well. But I think the Gaga that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So okay, we're closing this out. So I gotta know. Oh yeah, what, yeah. So what am I dressing up as? Go Is ahead. Friend, Rach. Uh, so wait, we, I don't know which one you're going with. Yeah, we, we don't really have quite have well. the, the exact costume in place. <laughs> Brandon, we don't have the movie either. It'll probably be like uh, Captain America. I'm guessing. Yeah, that would work for yeah. Captain America Civil yeah. War. It's gonna be Batman. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> you should have seen that coming a mile away. I didn't think you hate him the, so much. Why would you not be dressed uh, as Batman? Uh, I hate him and, so and, much. And what we're thinking is no. that we're just gonna be like. Because we're not going to drop a bunch of money on a costume, so it's either going to be like it's going to be a poor man's Batman costume, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to help put it together. Oh, that's awesome! This <laughs> Whether we me- get like some used Converse shoes that have Batman on it, and oh, it's going to be so terrible. Rach also found a pretty good old like oh, 1950s Batman. You remember? Costume. Oh, really? You remember Greg's costume that he wore for oh, Halloween? Yes. That skin tight yeah. bodysuit. Oh no! Our that's- main con- our main concerns are we don't want you to wear a mask. One and one for many reasons. One, we don't want to scare anybody because you know be insensitive to to anything. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. They may not let you in with the with the mask, and we want people to see who's wearing <laughs> the costume. Yeah, that's but, good. I was with thinking it. if nobody could see my face, it's not as bad. <laughs> oh, this is gonna. Suck. I don't think anybody wearing that super gay Batman costume would think <laughs> that you're gonna come in and kill everybody. So we thought maybe we'd make an exception for oh, that. Oh, that sucks so bad. <laughs> this is gonna be terrible. F and Mad Max is screwing me over. So, oh, that's gonna be terrible. I really wish I would have not lost. Now, that's uh, All right, well, that's that's good planning on your part. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> Look, he's all, like just looking that's at the sucks. floor and like yeah, that's <laughs> kicking worse. dirt right that's now. Worse. <laughs> that's worse than I expected. I was really hoping that you'd give me when you sent me the Riddler. I was like, oh, I could deal with the Riddler at least. He hates Batman, you so look, we have that in common. You look like George Michael in Arrested Development. <laughs> like, well, that's going to suck. <laughs> that was Pulp Fiction on the Oscars and on the Witch. We'd love to hear your feedback. Leave us some comments on uh, the SoundCloud page or on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction. <laughs>